You're listening to the Other Stuff Podcast, a podcast about all of the other stuff. With various special guests and a core group of curiously informed individuals, we will discuss, explore, and debate everything from flat earthers, aliens, and the future of humanity, to the chaos and wonder of parenting, dogs and other pets, and the best way to smoke meat. Nothing is off the table and no one is safe. Enjoy responsibly, my friends. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Other Stuff Podcast. We have a special guest today, so it'll be myself, Sweets, of course, Sugar Bear, and our special guest... The Lone Wolf. The Lone Wolf. Right. Lone Wolf. Coming in from parts unknown. Parts, yes. <laughs> parts <laughs> unknown, exactly. At an undisclosed location within the wilds of Massachusetts. And uh, today's topic is the 80s, their movies, and how they influenced us and possibly our listeners is that absolutely right? yeah yeah okay so, so sort of helps you frame the, the 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 age range i think that we're in exactly, uh, a little yeah. bit but but i think movies that that shaped our worldview are mm-hmm. our uh comedic timing yes and 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 all the references that we use on a daily basis i was gonna say honestly like, it's basically how we communicate 90 percent of my lexicon is, is from 80s action movies absolutely or, or, like yeah yeah, I use it to embarrass my children, to dress myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the '80s. Yep. I mean, yep. yeah, we're we're uh, we're far away from them, but they have definitely played a role generationally, right? Like even my kids are affected by the '80s, absolutely, because of me. Well, and and so many of these movies are still on TV, mm-hmm. on the 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 HBOs, the Showtimes, and even just you know TNT makes a living. Playing we'll 80s see. movies, that's how they make yeah. their money. You know, yeah. movies Ted, from the 70s Ted and 80s. Turner, I want to watch Blade. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, like even around Fourth of July type holidays and whatever, like all you know, the shirts that things things get made or whatever. It's the Goonies. It's different things like that. Rocky, whatever. You know, things that are right American. What is at heart, what, what you know? is it that uh, uh, um, the little kid in the Goonies does? Uh, the shake with his belly. The truffle shuffle. The truffle shuffle. Yes. Yeah. Meme the other day. Fantastic. By yeah. the way. Yeah. Truffle shuffle. Interesting uh, little factoid. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that movie up because I think we should spend some time on that one. Uh, the character, the actor that played Chunk, mm-hmm. who did the truffle shuffle, contracted chickenpox a day oh. or so before filming, but was afraid he'd get fired. Huh. So he didn't tell anybody, and he showed up on set, <laughs> and it wasn't until he did the truffle shuffle, and they saw all the chickenpox all over him that anybody knew. Wow. That he was covered in. So uh, apparently, you can go back and watch that movie, and you can and tell. And you can tell. Now I'll be, now really? I'll know. Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did they use like that kid has They used that shot. Was there even tech available to like conceal that at all at that time? Was it, I, I mean, if you I, watch the special effects through the rest of the movie, I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, that's what I mean because I don't know. I'm just thinking when I had chicken pox, like I, it, it was noticeable. Like oh, yeah. you, you, I don't know that you could hide it. That's impressive. But that movie, you know, I'm glad you brought up the Goonies. For me, I don't know that there's a single movie that shaped my worldview. At the time, I think when that movie came out, I was seven or eight. And the idea that a group of friends could ride their bikes, find a cave with a water slide, find a pirate ship at the end of that water slide, get some gold all while defeating the bad guys and the rich assholes. That was the best. Yeah, I mean, that was that's pretty much all we did that I summer. of that yeah, it was, as a child. And, and it's a tried and true, you know, kind of like structure. Look at like Stranger Things right now, which mm-hmm. is obviously far, far from the 80s, but it's basically the Goonies reinvented with... But but look at that, though. So, so look at Stranger Things and look at the fact that in order to make it relevant, interesting, and fun, they had to take it back to the 80s yeah. when kids actually went out on bikes, yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They used walkie-talkies. Yeah. They went out on adventures, and they did weird shit. Or is that just demonstrating the level of influence that those movies have had on filmmakers today? I don't know anything about the guys point. who made Stranger Things. That's a great question. But I would be willing to bet that they're somewhere between 35 and 45. That fits our age range. Right. But yes. you think about it, that that's that you talk about how it shapes how you view things. That one of the and I'm going to go a little philosophical here. One of the downsides of of having technology in our pocket and having the world at our fingertips is I think that we've lost our sense of wonder. Mm. And when we were kids, movies like that, again, this idea that there are hidden pirate ships, you know, One-Eyed Willie's treasure is within reach because yes. you found a treasure map in your dad's <laughs> attic. Like, that was amazing. And real or not, you couldn't Google it to find out. Right, no, right, right. No. As far as I know, that was a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were in for the adventure. Right. Yeah, the yeah. and it, it, that was, it made, you know, that movie, like I said, more, more than anything, it, it's one I, you know, I still watch. Mm-hmm. It's one I, you know, I think about. It's one I loved showing my kids. I mean, when we met, Sweets, yeah. I had a dog named Chunk. Yes. That is correct. <laughs> you know, from that movie. And I, it, I, I, I mean, in all honesty, when we met, we also started off by watching Bloodsport. Yes. <laughs> another, another wonderful 80s action movie that we threw into the mix. Friendship will last forever. I right. think that one taught me uh, the difference between right and wrong. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yes. Yes. You, you, do explain. Uh, well, think about it. You, you, ha- you have a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to to pay respects and bring honor to his Hidoji, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes and fights in this battle to do so because it's so important to him on a personal level. The Kumite, even though <laughs> the Kumite, excuse me, yes. I mean no. Battle. If we're Kumite gonna pronounce his death. name correctly, I mean no Kumite disrespect. Yes, you, you know, he was on leave from the U.S. military. We mm-hmm. can. Try to figure out why uh, uh, a Dutch national is, is U.S. military secret, uh, you know, <laughs> special forces. Muscles from brothers. But he, he had to do what was wrong to do what was right. Made a friend in Booger from yeah. uh, uh, Revenge of the Revenge Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. Then Booger got his leg broken. Yeah. Or, all right, did he kick his knee out? No? Am I remembering it wrong? Uh, wait, well, either was... way, he created an uh, avenging situation. No, yeah. he... Ta- Tong Po. No, con- yeah, Tong Po just... Just devastating. Just yeah. devastating. Yeah, he, he, and he was just a head. big hit American boxer. Like yeah. he yeah, was a brawler. You know, everybody else was like a martial artist. He was just kind of coming in. You know, and, 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 you know, Tong Po, he didn't say a lot. You know, he was a man of few words. Sure. Uh, but I shit. knew, I knew he was the bad guy. You could tell. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you walk in on a man kicking a concrete column. Yes. That's the bad guy. <laughs> Good guys don't do that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's that's true. well, Jean Claude Van Damme. I will give him this in future in future uh, 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 karate movies. He's kicking down trees. That and same movie, he's kicking down trees. No, that's kickboxer. That's kickboxer. Kick yeah. Tough to tell him apart. The very blurry yes. line. I was just gonna say yeah, how I mean, often it's... I find myself crossing kickboxer and bloodsport. I mean, they both feel the same. If I watch them both in the same day, I'd end up with the same. Emotional state. No, he's same yeah, feeling. You just said Tong Po. That's kickboxer. Is that kickboxer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. We are currently yeah. blurring the lines. Kumite is, what's his f- beefcake chess guy? What's his name? Uh, yeah, but that's not Tong Po? No. Tong Po is the big guy with the braid that goes down the back. Yes, the, that is kickboxer, Kumite, dude. Bloodsport is the, the, he talked deep. He was in like Bruce Lee movies. I can't remember yeah. the, what, the, what his character's name no, was. No, I got it. Oh, uh, Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Another guy who didn't. 
who didn't talk very much. He yes. just kind of yes. pumped his that, chest. That and real intense look in his the, eyes, uh, my man. That, that Bolo man. Young was was, was played Chong Lee. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, that guy's a legend. He he fought Bruce Lee, which to me is if you can. That there he's he a is. Handsome, yeah. handsome chap. Handsome fella. I mean, you know. <laughs> If you feel that way, then. you know. But but then, again, <laughs> that, 80s action that's TV, another yeah, great I mean, '80s trope. Yeah, uh, that wasn't on purpose. That I got it wrong. I thought I had it. I thought I was on it, but they basically at that point they said, "Okay, we made blood sport. Mm-hmm. It worked. Yeah, let's just make one where he's a kickboxer this right. time." <laughs> well, and and, and then, then oh shit, we did the kickboxer thing. Uh, let's just have him fight a guy in a drain pool, and we'll call that one Lionheart. <laughs> Lionheart, that's, yeah. And think about, like... And that was street fighting, right? Lionheart was, was street fighting? Yes, yeah, okay. he was, was, was prize fighting. Yeah. And if you think about the 80s in that way, too, like you're saying, like, we, we, here, we've got this, here's this structure that works. Where did it start? With, you, you then had Rambos 1 through 25, Rockies mm-hmm. 1 through whatever, you know, like, they're back to the future, how, you know, you had this... Making franchises, this works, yeah. Like, don't fix it. It ain't broken. Let's go. You know, like that wasn't really before. I guess Star Wars is really and the Godfather, maybe. Like yeah. The only mm-hmm. things prior to that that really. Well, because those action movies, I mean, they kill it. The guy's great at it. They're yeah. Like, this guy kicks things. Let's give him another movie where yeah. he kicks stuff. Well, like we said, you like it's not mean? about the acting, right? Like it's not. It's no. certainly like no. not Oscar. Well, I guess Rocky won an Oscar, but like it, it's it's just pure entertainment. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Well, you go back to to Bloodsport. You know, there's a whole scene where he's just doing a split and then doing Tai Chi while mm-hmm. in the split. I don't know if that makes him a better fighter, but based on what I learned later in the film, it worked. It made him, you know, he was at peace where Chong Lee was rage. Yes. You know, and that was, again, cool. sort of those, those, those tropes that worked in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chong Lee went with the, with the powder to the eyes to blind him. Okay. You know, and, and then he, he had a focus, his chi or whatever, to be able to fight him blind. And as a, a huge fan of 80s professional wrestling, uh, you know, one of the, the most dastardly things that could ever happen was Mr. Fuji, <laughs> the manager, throwing the rice in the eyes and blinding, mm, yeah. blinding the good guy. Right. And straight out of the 80s. You know, I, I have very vivid memories of screaming till my voice was hoarse <laughs> at the TV as a child. Yeah. About how bad he was, that was cheating. And how could the ref not see it? You know, and that was just one of those tropes that just were, oh, well, he's blind now. But he's such a good guy. His heart is so pure. Yes. He's going to be able to fight a 400-pound martial artist who fought Bruce Lee and almost killed his friend only moments ago. A true And then killed another dude earlier in the movie. But he's going to be able to fight him blind. A true 80s underdog story, a comeback story. Yeah, yes. I, right. I certainly don't want to be like the devil's advocate in any way, but it always it killed me. Like, if you really do think at all about how ridiculous that, like, you go from being barely able to come or just not like a high level competitor, and all of a sudden you do some stretching and some mm-hmm. weird drills with like a, a, a sensei. And but, now, it ins- but that inspired every no, it's, kid, you know? Exactly. What I mean? It's like, this idea that if you work hard and, yeah. you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Wear the right clothes and. I'm sorry, but that Participate guy... Participate in the right montage. To, to flip back to, <laughs> to Kickboxer. Yeah. He's not beating Tong Po. I'm sorry, man. You, that Tong Po in, a real, in real life, but it gives but you that hope. What, that, that movie, that type of movie, the 80s movie that makes no sense, that there's no way it could happen, right? That's what inspired me. When we talk about influential movies, like those 80s movies where this was impossible. Like, I used to watch those uh, uh, ninja movies, yeah. right? 
I wanted to be a damn ninja. You know yeah. what I mean? I was buying weird shit out of the back of magazines, running around in the woods, climbing trees. Yep. You don't see a lot of six foot four ninjas. You don't, but I wasn't six foot four. You know what I mean? I was, I was a teenager running You're six around. six foot one. Yeah, <laughs> I was a six foot one teenager running around, you know, with dangerous weapons. Oh, yeah. Dressed in all black, running around at night, you know, yep. kid stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> buying, buying, uh, throwing stars oh, yes. out of the back of comic books. Yeah, buying them dull, shopping them in the basement. Yep, yep. yeah. So, give me, a, give me an example of one of those movies. Give me, give, like, what was, like, the movie American for you? Ninja. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah, American Ninja was definitely yep. one of them. You know what I mean? Yep. Or even even these, Bloodsport, Kickboxer. Yeah, you know, like, the acting was so bad. The, the premise was so wild and out there that it inspired me. I was yeah. like, dude, I could do this. <laughs> see, see, that, <laughs> I had a couple of kitchen chairs. I'm trying to do a split. I'm like, I'm going to be. That's how the Rocky movies were for me. Exa- like, I, I watch, I remember, because I, my, the first book I ever read um, was a Muhammad Ali biography. I remember it was in fifth grade. That was the first time I agreed to actually read a book from cover to to cover to cover. And so when I watched the first Rocky, I remember being like, this is like this guy, Apollo Creed, is basically Muhammad Ali. I had no clue as a kid that that was actually based on Chuck Wepner and Muhammad Ali. That was the whole idea of Rocky. But I was like, dude, if this guy could walk off the streets of Philly after getting his locker friggin' cleaned out at his gym and come back and become right. the heavyweight champ of the world, like, if I want to play professional baseball or be a box, like, yeah, it, it, it's completely ridiculous and unrealistic, mm-hmm. but as a kid... But it's inspiring. Yeah, as a kid, you're like, shit, it's a, it's a comeback story. Mm-hmm. Am I... Are you swearing on this? Is oh, it, absolutely, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to him real. Raw. Popping the cherry. Yeah. No, By the way, the uh, Matt Duffer, the, uh, the director, producer, whatever, of Stranger Things... 1984, he was born. So there you go. There it is. Mid 30s. There's the influence. Yeah, mid 30s. You know, so it's interesting though. Like though, you know, Rocky's a great movie. I liked Rocky, but for me, it was more like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Even Temple of Doom was probably more uh, influential on me, or more exciting to me. Like those adventure movies, those crazy like. Let's let's drop a quick list. Let's drop a quick list. All right, what do you got? What do you got? RoboCop, Aliens, Predator. Rambo First Blood. Lethal do it! Weapon. Do it now! Kill me now! <laughs> Predator. Predator. Die Hard. Commando. Commando. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Terminator. Uh, 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 um, Mad Max 2. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, the list is clearly is endless. Terminator 2 an 80s or is that a 90s? Um, I feel like that's early 90s. We got, we got nine... Big, Big Trouble Little China. Oof, yeah. We got 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy and uh, Nick Nolte. We got uh, another Indiana Jones. Beverly Hills Cop. Um, oh, let's talk about Beverly Hills Cobra. Cop for a second. And perfect, perfect yep. segue. So, Beverly Hills Cop. Unbelievably funny movie. Yes. Love that movie. Arguably the best theme song to come out. You know, <laughs> do, 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 do. I played that on a tiny little keyboard in my room like I was the shit. <laughs> and you were. I was and at the moment. I was the shit. At that time, you, you couldn't have been better. Um, Can we talk about, too, how... How di- I don't, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use to describe Eddie Murphy, his ability to jump from different genres. Oh my like God. you see guys right now, like like Kevin Hart. Yeah, doesn't work. He's it Kevin doesn't Hart work the same way. Like don't get. Yeah, he's yeah. Kevin, and I I think he's funny he's in great. movies. I think he's great. Uh, you know, uh, occasionally his stand up, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy. So very very. Uh, uh, what, what is the word? He's uh, uh, versatile. 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 He's a was, very versatile verse, but versatile character. Is the word. Yeah. So Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Script is floating around. Paramount gets a hold of it. Mm-hmm. They want to use it to, to get Eddie Murphy to the top. 48 Hours has come out. 48 Hours has hit. Made a ton of money. Obviously, Eddie Murphy 
Uh, you know, his, his comedy specials are huge at this point. You know, he, he is a, a walking bag of money Chill. for these theaters. However, Paramount has a contract with Sylvester Stallone. This is a 100% true story. Giving him the rights of first refusal to any scripts. So they have to offer Beverly Hills Cop to Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Meanwhile, they're having meetings with Eddie Murphy. They have Eddie Murphy ready to go. They send him the script. It's a comedy. That's especially, you know, in the mid 80s. That is not Sly Stallone's nope. bag. No. He is action, steroids, guns, explosions. Yeah. He says, yes, I want to do this movie. And they say, well, <laughs> uh, what do you mean you want to do it? So he's like, I have some ideas. Give me a week to re- you know, put some ideas that I'm going to rewrite this script. So Sylvester Stallone sits down and rewrites the script to Beverly Hills Cop and submits it. And now it's got guns, explosions, drug dealers, all the stuff that he was doing at the time. And the, 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 theater, the head of the, the studio says, listen, Sly, you either do the script the way it was done mm. or you, we will allow you to take your script and go somewhere else. That's the deal. We're going to make this movie, but we'll just take a timeout to our exclusive deal. You can so, go do so it. So he came up with a, a, a Sly Stallone-type movie. So he took that script and went and made Cobra. Wow. So Cobra was born out of Did not know. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. Interesting. And then they went and made you know, a legendary Eddie Murphy cop movie. I think both of those movies became legendary in their own, so, their own way. This is all about casting, gentlemen. So, yeah, <laughs> this is all had, about wow, casting. So, I mean, eight years after, you know, because he, you know, I think everybody's kind of heard the story of how Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky and was not going to be cast in it because he was just an ugly guy who couldn't speak well. Yeah, they didn't want him. They wanted and the script, but not him. Eight years later, we had, had a deal with Paramount that they had to offer. That yeah, was, he had a first look, yeah. right of first refusal. That's wow. crazy. That's insane. You know, but that, that's the backstory. I'm super, super happy. Can you imagine? It didn't go the other way. Can you imagine? <laughs> even if, can you imagine if Sylvester Stallone said, "You know what? We'll scrap my script. I'll do the Beverly Hills Cop script." Can you imagine him in the Axel Foley role? Absolutely no. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. There is there is something that Eddie Murphy brought to that role that no other actor that I know could have brought to that role. Do we? I don't know. We, this could. I don't want to send us off on a tangent about stuff like that. But I mean, do you? Do, is that just a bias because that's what we know? The it's role the as? only Axel Foley I know. And he, hell emb- Foley. He, he embodied that role, so you're right. I don't have any other vision. You know what I mean? I just have to imagine how how Sylvester Stallone would have done what Eddie Murphy did. Yeah. And but, it's not possible. But, <laughs> but think about the thing that made that movie great was Eddie Murphy playing characters, doing voices, the laugh. being the fast-talking, you know, kind of grifter, <laughs> but kind of grifter, but a cop. And again, trying to do the right thing, yeah. Avengers friend. I don't see that movie being made with with with, with Rambo. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but but to your point, you know, uh, um, what would it have? Like, I, I'm biased because I've only seen the Eddie Murphy, Axel right. Foley. You know what I mean? Like, what about all these other movies? Like, you know, could somebody else have played the Terminator? Sure, so maybe. Could they have Sylvester, done what Sylvester Stallone could have played Sylvester the Terminator. Jean Claude so? Van Damme, yes. the accent's still there and everything. That is true. That is true. And Arnold I'm from the future. Not as big of a guy as you would think. Really? Height wise. He's he's not his massive muscular. Oh, he's definitely a massive man. At the, you know, in the seventies, sure. I think made him look very much like Sylvester Sylvester Stallone's only like five seven. He is a little man. 
you don't realize that until I think he's shorter than that, isn't he? He might be, yeah. but like you know, up until he fought Ivan Drago, they made him seem it. You know, he's a six foot, typical kind of you know heavyweight boxer type dude, but he's a little. Sylvester guy. Stallone is five ten. No, he's not. That's, I don't believe that, that for a is, second. That is uh, a via. Well, he probably put that in himself. He one hundred percent. So, so Arnold Schwarzenegger six two, Tom Cruise five seven. That's not true. Tom Cruise has to be at least like five two. Yeah. At least, <laughs> at least just a little man. At, at most, Dolph Lundgren six five. Yeah, he's a big. So, boy. so if Sylvester Stallone is five ten and Dolph is six five, I mean that's another little fact. I don't know it off, exactly off the top of my head. Dolph Lundgren either has a master's or a doctorate. Wow. Uh, in something, not like in a chemistry or something. Not, yeah, dies, not like a bullshit dies. thing. Like, uh, <laughs> he's a smart dude. Yeah. And a legitimate martial artist prior to. Is like, it really? Movie. Yeah, black, black belt karate guy. They've been bringing him back. And that's the thing. They bring back these 80 guys, like Expendables. Yep. Right? Yep. What a fantastic uh, uh, um, uh, cornucopia of 80s action stars. Oh. Well, that was all those guys getting together and being like, hey, uh, I'm going to have to sell my beach house. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. I'm done making commercials, The 80s guys, was right? a really long time ago. Yeah, right. Anybody else out of money? It's me, Mel Gibson. I, I can't do a part six. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're getting tired of it. So we've talked Goonies. We've talked Bloodsport. Yep. What else? We've talked... Oh, a little bit of Rocky. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Rambo. Cop. I mean, Lethal Weapon. Is this, is, are we in the 90s, but Steven Seagal? Is that in the 80s? Steven Seagal? Because I'm sorry, but I think his movies were like favorite. early 90s. I want to say 90s, which is probably why it's not. Cause... I got to go ahead and say early. How about They Live? Ooh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, They Live. Oh, what Jesus. a fantastic movie. I wouldn't movie. have even... I did, I just saw... movies. Sleeper, sleeper movies. movies. That's exactly right, man. There's the a movie... lot of 80s sleeper movies. Like This is totally off. It's not going to surprise... Uh, Sugar Bear, the Sugar Bear, right? That's what. Yeah, it, it won't surprise him given conversations. But like the Last Dragon, yes, uh, Bruce Are you Leroy. Kidding me? A lot of people. Show enough. Show enough. That movie. Who talk about the baddest? Talk Listen. about he would whoop Tong Po's ass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> tell you that right now. <laughs> Who's the man? See you later, mm-hmm. Chong Lee. Show enough. You ain't show enough. <laughs> that movie is fantastic. Oh, so God, if you haven't seen this movie f- oh. and you're listening to this podcast right now. You missed out. Do you need to do this? You need to do the thing. Do I think if you, you, that's one of those movies that encapsulates the '80s really well, because you, you, you watch it now through the lens of, of 2019, and you're like, "Wow, this got made and this did well." Yeah. I think that uh, and a Big Trouble in Little China. You know what? I hear about that movie a lot. I I I don't even think I finished it. And I so now I'm the one missing out because I hear about it all the time. I, or Escape from New York is that 80s? Are we 80s or is that 90s? Uh, so there's two. There's Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. I'm not sure the years on either one of them. Oh man! Well, yeah, big but what about we're missing a couple big ones here, guys? Okay. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, fantastic. Arguably one of the biggest movies. Yeah. Ever. Yep. Most influential Amazing. movies. It, you know, I you, definitely sang that song. Yeah. Gonna call. I dialed <laughs> the number. <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's when I learned five 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 doesn't get you anywhere. I can't uh, I can't say no. for certain that I ain't afraid of no ghost because yep. I may be afraid of some ghosts. I am afraid of some ghosts. Yeah, but but can we just establish quickly? Does that mean both of you believe in ghosts? I mean, there is a double negative in that. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. So you're afraid so, I mean, of some I'm, ghosts. I'm, I'm comfortable saying that statement because it's okay. a double negative. So. <laughs> <laughs> we all know I'm afraid of ghosts. You know, but that that's one of the movies that was really exciting to show to my kids. Yes. You know, because it's. It's relatively clean. Yep. 
There, there are some jokes that are adult, but they go right over the kids' heads. Yep. It's still a you know? great kids' movie, but, though. Yeah. You know, we, you look at it now, and you take Dan Aykroyd, and you take uh, Bill Murray for granted. Mm-hmm. That was the one that just catapulted them to the top. Actually, at that point, Dan Aykroyd had a better career, you know, had, had done better in movies than than Bill Murray. That was the movie that made Bill Murray. Peter Venkman became a household name. Well, because he, I mean, because he had SNL. That yes. really catapulted him into the spotlight, right? So, like, his name at that time over Bill Murray was... Well, Bill Murray was SNL as well. But he didn't have, I feel like he didn't have the same... He no came variety. in a little later, a little later after Chevy Chase yeah. had, had moved on. Can I, can, I, can I jump in here for a second? Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a sleeper movie that I just pulled up here. Spies Like Us. Love spies of Chevy Chase, Dan right. Aykroyd. I'm 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 a little bit disappointed because IMDb is giving them a six point four out of ten. Uh, incorrect. That movie I, is. I think the people voting on this never they weren't alive. You know who wrote that movie? Out. Who? Dan Aykroyd. Fantastic. You know who wrote Ghostbusters? I don't. Dan Aykroyd. Amazing. Blues Brothers. Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. That's another sleeper right yeah. there. Blues Brothers. That's oh. you, you. You don't. You forget that the, this small little group of guys. Mm-hmm. You, uh, uh, Harold Ramis. Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. Steve Martin. You know, these guys, Belushi when he was still among us, yep. Rick Moranis, they were, like, just prolifically churning out these 80s comedies. Mm-hmm. That uh, John was, Candy. Was there a, was there a kind of a, a group like that in the 90s? Because now it's like in the 2000s you have, like, the – you know, like the whole like super bad knocked up forty year old virgin crew that does a yep. lot of those. You know, sim- similar to that kind of. You know, they're really putting out these classic comedies. I can't think of anything from the nineties that would have matched an eighties group like that. It, no, the the R rated comedy really kind of died in the nineties. You know, because the nineties really became about uh, marketability, toys, uh, you, synergy to to different things. So to make a hard R comedy. That really dim- diminished what the studios could make financially yep. off it. So they really, that makes they sense, were. Yeah. It, it really was Todd Phillips, you know, Hangover, uh, you know, on all those movies that really started to change that. Because all of a sudden, in the early in the early two thousands, you got the Hangover, you got Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, uh, you know, uh, Super Bad. These movies started coming out, and they were breaking records. Wedding Crashers. Yep. Uh-huh. That that really. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, these movies are making a ton of money. Yep. You know, and to give you an example of how leery the studio was, they didn't want to pay Todd Phillips to make The Hangover. So he negotiated wow. a huge percentage of profits in a lower salary because they were afraid the movie was going to bomb. Mm. So he continually refers to that movie as his Star Wars because he made collectively off the three movies fifty million dollars himself. That's wild. Wow. As a director, as a writer wow. and director. But that's at that time, you know, because the nineties were really sort of barren with those comedies, yep. that didn't really they were afraid to to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta think that by the nineties, you know, Eddie Murphy had started putting out nutty professor movies. Right. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. He'd kinda lost a different direction. He lost his fastball. Bill yep. Murray just kinda disappeared for a while. Yep. Ackroyd same thing. So, like, they, they really sort of I mean, lost their ways. Bill Murray has always been fantastic in the background. Oh. my my One of my favorite His people. His cameos and stuff still. Yeah. You know. So, so let, me br- let me bring us back to the 80s just real quick because uh, as, as you were talking, uh, uh, you brought up John Belushi. Yes. 
as part of that group. And another little factoid, if you will, about Ghostbusters, that uh, John Belushi was originally supposed to play the role of Peter Venkman. Yes. But he died before they started. And so what they did is they uh, made a tribute to Belushi by basing the character of Slimer on John Belushi. Yes. <laughs> which, is, which is just, it might be a little unknown fact there, but... Uh, you know, he was part of that amazing team of people that put together yeah. so many great movies and so much great well, comedy. Ackroyd, him and Ackroyd were best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Blues Brothers, they were the Blues Brothers. So, you know, they both loved blues music. Wherever they were, they were buying blues records and listening to it. So, like, that wasn't a send-up. They genuinely loved that. And they were actually performing as a band long before there was a movie. They, they mm -hmm. were singing the blues. They loved that genre of music. So a lot of those movies started as vehicles a lot of the stuff Ackroyd wrote, wrote were vehicles for him and his buddy mm -hmm. they were for him and Belushi to make together and then Belushi died and he kind of put them aside right but you bring up spies like us yeah uh you know one of the the little kind of doctor doctor, doctor. doctor. <laughs> one of the the sort of piece of trivia about that is obviously there's that big scene at the end right with yeah. the missile yeah, yeah and yeah. they're gonna stop the missile from going off that they, they shot that in Norway wow and they were supposed to be Russia you yeah. know, they, at the time, they, were, they weren't shooting movies Just in Russia. Just snow-covered mountains, War. either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah it works. <laughs> U.S. satellites picked the the rocket up on satellites. Like the the US, fake the, rocket. The, the NORAD. Yeah. The U.S. government picked up this and called the Norwegian government and said, what are you doing? Why are you pointing <laughs> missiles in the sky? And it's because they were shooting spies like us. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just glad they didn't bring in the lesser Belushi to fill his shoes. Yes, yes. Uh, you well, know, like bringing in a lesser Baldwin. You know, to, to, to really, uh, um, yeah, you don't poor want a lesser Belushi. Or non-Alec Baldwin. So uh, yeah, a, a non-Alec <laughs> so Baldwin. Is there a, a Stephen? Is there Stephen Baldwin? There's, there's, pick a name, and I there's just, another Baldwin. I only remember the movie The Shadow uh, as one of, I think it was Alec Baldwin's most random. Was that, that movie the, at all? Uh, was that the, um, where he was the assassin? Kind of. He's like a Zorro-type looking character oh, wow that and is he his, he's like a sort of a supernatural superhero type deal where he like he can operate quite literally in the shadows like his 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 ability is in the shadow. like he can become a shadow and like that's Jesus. that's his superpower so that's i didn't even he's. know this was a thing it's it's one of those like stupid it, it was a horrible film <laughs> <laughs> horrible film but as a child like i was like oh my god like in the shadows like yeah, yeah you can you know and i and and his uh his nemesis in the film had a very uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion-like uh, okay. tool. Get yeah. over here! That yeah. It was just a little knife, much like Yondu as well in the Guardians, that mm. he could like just send at you and, and like follow you around and just take you out. And I remember being you know, just fascinated, but it was a horrible, horrible movie. I think we're missing another huge one. Let's talk about like, movies that shaped us. Stand By Me. Whew. That's some stuff right there. That... that that was a movie. But you, you, this brings us circles right back to Goonies. You yes. You know what I mean? You're talking about a group of kids. On an adventure. Drifting, a group of boys, young yep. boys, you know, uh, uh, drifting off into an adventure, finding a thing, doing a thing. And, and I mean, that's the stuff that, like, that inspired me to get outside. But, but that's because really we were did. thrown outside at that age. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't have a choice. It was like, get out. I'm and fairly certain that movie is what caused me at seven years old to uh, steal one of my mother's cigarettes and smoke it. <laughs> under a trailer i just remember and getting caught and having my ass handed to me jesus but it just looked so cool because at that time uh what's his name Corey uh 
Feldman. Feldman, actually, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. a weirdo yet, and yep. he just he looked cool, and, and you know, <laughs> back and, when they were two Corys. Yeah, the Lost Boys, the two Lost Corys. Boys, another. Yep, yep. You know, I, I think what, what we've done here is we've opened up a gate, right? A gate to a conversation. Because I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to jump in and say that we're not even scratching the surface because, in addition to '80s movies, which we could spend the entire afternoon talking about, '80s television shows. Well, we've even touched those. '80s music. Yeah. '80s style 80s music might be really that's a that's a whole maybe the most dominant i don't want to dare i say most dominant like decade of music as far as i'm gonna i'm gonna agree i you know because like we were talking prior to really getting going here uh, like 80s versus i mean it changed things like if you look at what it did it took whatever the 70s was doing and then turned it into something else and again no but think about it technology why did that happen right aliens (laughs) (laughs) no you asked it was the ability to create synthesizers. Yeah, the, the, the piano became a keyboard, which became viable to tour with, mm-hmm. which it is, you know, in the 70s and 60s, there, there were Fender Roads, which were these giant yeah. suitcases that took two people to carry. Right. And, Electronic You know, music. so now all of a sudden, you can make all these crazy sounds and you can put out a Cyndi Lauper album right. and, and it's going to crush because it's got sounds in it that nobody's ever heard before. Like right. that, the, the 80s is really the beginning of technology coming into music. Well, it was so close encounters, and the aliens brought in the... the (laughs) Well, think about Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. You know, their whole song at the end there was was all techno. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Everybody, as soon as... And I guess that's what I'm saying. So if we... When we get into music, because we will get into music. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. When we get into music, that is... That took us from, like, you know, guitars and pianos and vocals to... Oh, yeah, we can the, do whatever the, we want. Electronic right. You know stuff, what I mean? Yeah, just, Electronic, technical. Then all of a sudden insane. we have mumble rap. So yeah, things have gone off the rails. That's another podcast about the, the <laughs> decline of our society. <laughs> yeah, don't Generational even, decline of our society. But Don't even get me. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wrap it up. Yeah, I think we're, uh, you know, I, I could go on and on. I mean, there's still movies I want to talk about. So we may have to revisit this. We're coming back this for part big, two. Yeah. yeah. We're coming back. I mean, we're, that's why I said. We opened up we a, haven't a even doorway. Touched, we haven't right. even touched right. the like Karate a, Kid we, yet. We've opened I mean, up oh like God, a door between. Even, we haven't even talked about the Karate Kid. We haven't. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I feel like. We really we, haven't talked about Back to the Future. We mentioned it, but we haven't talked about it. So, ba- so Back to the Future. Bringing it to science. Science yeah. fiction, right? We've opened up a gateway. So As a bunch of gentlemen from the 80s, we've opened up a gateway in adventure here. All right, yeah. and we're about to get started, and what we're going to do is we're going to come back to it. Yeah, it's just trying. What's the hell's the line from Back to the Future well, that would have <laughs> fit perfectly there? Where well, we're going? Well, well, Mister we Mister Lone Wolf, I'm very glad that you joined our uh, our Wolf Pack for for this episode, and hopefully at, we can keep at you first, around. I was just one a one man Wolf Pack, and now <laughs> I thought, could it be? <laughs> <laughs> could we be the very best friends? <laughs> wolf Wolf had a howl, you know. That's all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Other Stuff Podcast. You can be sure not to miss future episodes by subscribing to our podcast using your favorite listening apps like Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Join us next time when Sweets, Sugar Bear, and Dubs bring the topics you want to hear about to life.